We Real Reeves. Welcome back to We Real Reels, the monthly podcast where we review old movies to find out if they are as good as we remember, or if they suck so bad it makes you want to go back in time and kill yourself. <laughs> I'm your host, Panda Brandon, and today I'm being joined by the Koala Sam for our take on a horror classic. Hello. This podcast does contain spoilers, and we'll be discussing the movie at length. This is a mature content podcast, so be prepared for harsh language and awkward situations. All sound clips, music, and trailers are only used for review purposes and belong to their respective owners. This podcast is brought to you by The Collectors, located at 205 South Maple Street, Lebanon, Tennessee, 37087. Follow us at The Collectors Toys on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And this is a special We Real Reels because there's going to be no grizzly, no polar, just koala and panda discussing horror movies, and this time the horror movie is Donnie Darko. Where can you watch this at? Well, last month you could have watched it on HBO Max. <laughs> now you're going to have to buy it on a, you know, a physical copy or get it off some streaming site like Amazon Voodoo or something like that. It was directed by Richard Kelly, who is known for films like The Goodbye Place, Visceral Matter, Southland Tales, and The Box. You ever seen The Box? No, I've never seen any of those movies. If I remember correctly, I think The Box was the one where he went around and asked people, hey, you can open this box and press this button and someone in the world, some random person will die, but you'll get like a million bucks or something. I wonder how many people actually press that button. Well, the question was like, what is truly knowing somebody? Because it, it, it was some random person in the world that you didn't know was going to die. So, do we truly know each other? No, there's too many people to know each other like that. I don't know what that answer means, but we're going to move on. <laughs> you shouldn't have brought that up. <laughs> this, movie, this movie is starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Gina Malone, Maggie Gyllenhaal, James Duvall, Drew Barrymore, Mary McDonald, Catherine Ross, Patrick Swayze, and Noah Weil. It was released on January 19, 2001 for the Sundance Film Festival. On October 26, 2001, for the United States. Other movies that came out in October 2001 were Shallow How, Monsters, Inc., 13 Ghosts, Wishmaster 3, Corky Romano, Halloween Town 2, Training Day, Joyride, and Toxic Avenger 4. Hmm. I only know two of those movies. Mm. And it's the Disney ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, it made seven point. Five million on a four point five million dollar budget. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. And we don't have any special segments on this one. We just jump right into it. So let's get to it with the plot. During the presidential election of 1988, a teenager named Donnie Darko sleepwalks out of his house one night and sees a giant demonic looking rabbit named Frank, who tells him the world will end in 28 days. When Donnie returns home, he finds that a jet engine has crashed into his bedroom. Is Donnie living in a parallel universe? Is he suffering from mental illness? Or will the world really end? I will say mental illness. So you think he's invalid? (laughs) I don't know about invalid, but something's definitely off with him. He's very off this whole entire movie. Okay, well we open up to a kid laying on the street around a curve. This pleasant music 
you know, starts to play as he wakes and gets uh, gets up and just gets on his bike and yep. rides towards home. I guess nobody drives on this road. It's a very beautiful view, but I guess he's just on a curve and nobody drives this road on this road because how long was he there? I don't know. Maybe all night. Maybe he just got there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Doesn't tell us much then, but uh, mm-hmm. let's move on and maybe we'll we'll figure out how long he's been there and we'll, how often this happens mm-hmm. for him. I do want to know, since he was riding his bike without some shoes, I want to know how his feet were feeling after that. Not Did sure. you notice that? Well, I mean, he does not have any shoes on. Mm-hmm. Or socks. He's, he's prepared for bed. You know, he's in his pajamas, got his pajama pants on, a shirt, and... And he's on a mountain, so you know he's going up and down some hills. And Pete got to be killing him. Well, he he rides through the neighborhood, you know, finally getting back home when you see his dad with a, a leaf blower blowing leaves. And uh, we get this, I don't know, it's just the music is it's not haunting, you know, mm-hmm. and it's pleasant. The scene is pleasant because the daughter comes out and asks the dad for something, and it's like slow motion kind of. Yeah, and, and he dad, blows her too with the leaf yeah, blower, playful, jokiness. A little playfulness with the uh, leaf blower. Did you notice his mom was out back reading a Stephen King novel, It? Oh. Mm-hmm. How about that? Some shout-outs to old Stephen King in this mm-hmm. uh, Then we go to a dinner scene with the whole family there, where the, the daughter starts talking about politics right off the bat. You know, mm-hmm. One thing you don't do at a get-together is speak about religion or politics. Mm-hmm. And she just, <laughs> just starts it off, man, just starts this argument. I'm going to vote for Dacus or Dacus, whatever his name was. And his dad's just looking at her like, you crazy. Yeah, yeah, the dad's not. He don't. It seems like he don't really take anything too seriously. But mm. the mom is just like. I kind of pinned on. her for a drunk. Because I was watching her real close. Because I was like, she just seems not all the way there. And I'm like, how many times has she got a bottle, glass of wine in her hand? She don't seem all the way though. Well, we end up finding out that uh, Donnie quit taking his meds. <laughs> That's where he, they were talking about something about a fuck, and he's like, huh, uh, suck a fuck or something. Yeah, she's like, how do you suck a fuck? Yeah, I think that was the only time that I laughed in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, there's some, some quotes from this movie that they, they say, because this is a cult classic, mm-hmm. so they say that there's some quotes in this movie that have lived on. I guess this might be one of them. I mean, this is one I remember, at least. Really? Um, I've never heard of that before. And fuck ass. Oh, I've never heard of either one of those before. No, me either. This is the first time watching this movie. I'm just saying I remember those quotes now. Ow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So suck a fuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> after dinner, you know, they're all sent to their rooms or whatever. But his mom comes to his room later to ask where he goes at night because she's noticed that he sneaks out at night. How did they not notice? Like, they were literally both in... Okay, the dad was in the front yard. The mom was in the backyard. They see him riding up on his bike in his pajamas. And they're just like, oh, hey. And then it said on the little whiteboard that was on the refrigerator, where is Donnie at? No concern? Nothing? Like, did they think this is just a side effect to his medication that he's on? Uh, I'm not sure. Sleepwalking? But, but like she's addressing him now. She's like, where do you, where do you go? He's a complete asshole to his mama, though. Yeah, he did get an attitude. Didn't tell her uh, much about where he, what he does, anything. And when she closes the door, he calls her a bitch. Yeah, and she hears it, mm-hmm. and then she goes and tells, tells the, the dad. dad. She's like, um, "Your son just called me a bitch," and he's like, "You're not a bitch. You're bitching." <laughs> <laughs> so the dad seems like he's really got a playful nature about him, and he doesn't take too much of anything too serious. 
Which, I mean, I guess it's a form of denial. Like, is he just doing that to not take his attitude seriously? Because he seems like a very troubled young man just from the very beginning. So is that just his way of being like, okay, I'm just going to roll with the punches here? Possibly. I know that we see Danny taking some, Donnie's taking some medicine <laughs> uh, while his dad is watching the uh, political debate. So... His dad didn't show that much caring for the political thing, which I guess it doesn't really matter if your kids are, you know, why get mad at them for believing whatever they believe. So I wouldn't be irate at the dinner table. But he does. We do see that he actually cares about the politics because mm-hmm. he's he's trying to explain. He's watching the debates. Um, I did see on his medicine bottle. It is 1988. July 24th, 1988 is when he was prescribed mm-hmm. that medication. I was trying to find little snippets of tiny details mm-hmm. and we hear a voice telling Donnie to wake up mm-hmm. and that it's been watching him for a while mm-hmm. this was October 2nd 1988 28 days 6 hours 42 minutes 12 seconds till the world ends and Donnie seems to uh, sleepwalk downstairs and out the front door mm-hmm. and the voice says come closer closer <laughs> Weird. That's my, my impression for the, the episode. Uh, a rabbit costume stands in the golf course and tells Donnie exactly when the world will end, which is the time you spat out a little earlier. <laughs> I spat out. <laughs> you spat it out. The daughter gets home late, and uh, she hears a like. As soon as she gets in the door, she turns around, closes it, and she hears this huge explosion. Ooh, hold on. Pause on that, because this was this the part where she was smiling real hard against the door, and then you hear the car like rev off. Was that that scene, or was yeah. it? That was rude as fuck, because it was like in the middle of the night. What was it, midnight? And then you're just gonna rev your car. I think that's rude as hell. But go on. I mean, they're teenagers, you know, so... I guess, but still. They don't... These young kids these days in their rock and roll music, they don't take any (laughs) consideration for nobody else. But the next day, uh, golfers find Donnie on the golf course. I don't remember the joke that they said, but it was such a lame dad joke that I put a note, sleep golfing lame joke in my notes. (laughs) He he did um, have a, at the time, written on his forearm... Or in his hand, mm-hmm. one of the two was written on his hand or forearm. It was his arm. Uh, yeah, and it was the countdown to when the world was going to end. From what the rabbit told him. From what the rabbit told him. I mean, has the rabbit lied? I don't know. I already knew this kid was something off with him. If he's seen, I don't know if it's a side effect to the medicine or if something's mentally going on. You know, Jake Gyllenhaal does play a a good. Uh, crazy <laughs> which i have a, uh, a fact at the end uh which i will tell you on how he portrayed this character by looking like this so okay. i'll tell that fact at the end okay well he didn't he didn't do a s- simple jack method did he mm, no what was the jack method simple jack uh he actually went to like a special needs place and he stayed with no him. he did it yeah <laughs> for real <laughs> yeah you don't know about simple jack no. Oh man, you gotta watch Simple Jack, okay? Okay, damn. Yeah, he went full retard, and you never full re- <laughs> you never go full retard, okay? Mm. I mean, just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, you, you know the famous quote from Simple Jack: mm. "I got a good, good, good brain." 
Okay. Well, Tropic Thunder is going to be on the list. Uh, But he... uh, Back to it. Back to it. Donnie returns home. Which the family don't seem concerned, whatever, like, at all. Uh, An airplane jet motor fell in his damn room and squished his bed. And they're just looking at the house, not concerned, nothing. And the cop is just stopping him. But then he's just like, I live here. I live here. And he's just letting through, like, okay, hey, yeah, he's good. You didn't actually, like, confirm that he lived here. Nothing. You just letting him walk on by. I mean, he did say he lives there. I mean, I guess people are believable back then. <laughs> mm. I guess so. Well, the FAA wants to speak with the parents in private. Which, what does that mean? Uh, that means they want to get them away from people. No, and talk FAA. To them. Oh. Like, rude. <laughs> the Federal like, Airline Association. Mm. Did you see that there was one man in a silver suit that was blowing, I don't know, the, I don't know what they were blowing out of, like a fire extinguisher, but were they concerned that something is harmful? That's why he's in a silver suit? Because literally everybody else is just in their normal clothes. I mean, maybe it's protocol to have him go in there first and check out the area and then maybe, you know, Mm. give the all clear. I mean, I guess. Well, they they have them sign uh, some forms as they're cleaning up the wreckage. It's like an NDA so that they don't speak about this anymore with anybody else. They don't keep this whole thing private. Mm. Uh, but I assume that the FAA is going to you know take care of everything because they don't themselves. I don't think they even know where the engine mm-hmm. came from. Because you would think if an engine came off a plane, that plane went down. Well. Danny looks at the engine and he sees a spiral in there. And he just like stares off into the distance, like in another galaxy, looking at that spiral. What was the meaning of that? I, I, I don't know. It kind of reminded me of what is a jigsaw that has the spirals. He does, yeah, yeah. the red, red and white spiral. No, beyond that, I don't know. Yeah, well, the the family gets put up in a hotel room, and the the youngest daughter Samantha asks if mm-hmm. it fell from a plane, and then what happened to the plane. You know, she's just asking some good questions. Like, if, if the engine fell from the plane, the plane's got to come down, too. Is there a plane somewhere missing one engine? Yeah. Mm, no answers anywhere. Well, the next day, the kids get dropped off at the uh, bus stop. And Samantha says that uh, they aren't allowed to talk about it. Because some kids are like, hey, you know, what about this? What about that? And we're not allowed to talk about it. Yeah, but, I mean, you know that's going to be the talk of the town. How are they going to keep that hush-hush? Not sure. Not sure. Well, I mean, they signed waivers, so they got to stick to it or get sued or not I mean, be able to get their house fixed or whatever. But uh, Nani starts smoking with his friends. That yeah. friend was a racist asshole. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he was. He turns to the uh, his little sister and says, uh, you know, you know what happens to this little doll if you tell mom about him smoking? Uh, Donnie's friend tells the Chinese girl to go back to China. Yep. She uh, didn't even do anything. I know. She's just she's sitting there. She's just standing there watching them. And this is the first sign of the, that Donnie is actually probably a pretty good guy because he actually stands up for her and he's like, man, just leave her alone. Yeah, but he got some asshole friends. I mean, are they really his friends? Do they care about him? Like, I, I don't know. Like, how is he okay with being friends with such douchebags? If he's mm-hmm. such a great guy he's that's got, standing up for her. He's got bigger issues, okay? He's uh, sleepwalking tonight and talking <laughs> to rabbits, so I don't... That's true. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be refusing any friends. Anytime soon. Uh, but the next scene is in the school 
and we see the kids doing drugs in the hallway. Snorting freaking coke in yes. the hallway. And yes. the, the one older lady was walking behind him. And then the next scene, I guess another male teacher was walking in front of him. I'm like, how are y'all not seeing? They're just in front of the lockers snorting some damn coke. I guess it's back in the days that that's okay. Yeah, yeah I guess they just don't care. Mm-hmm. Well, we get in. Uh, we didn't see our first glimpse of the uh, the teacher. What was her name? Drew Barrymore. No, the, the, the older one. lady. Yeah, yeah. I have it down later on. I don't. I don't know her name. She was a prude. Yes, but she is in uh, Child's Play Two, and Chucky kills her with like a ruler. He, like beats her to death with a ruler. Mm, I gotta rewatch that one. I don't call that. Very good. Very good indeed. But yeah, we see that the teachers really don't put too much effort into. Discipline the kids because I mean cocaine. Come on, it's okay. Yeah, good. It's fine. Uh, but in one classroom in English or reading class, uh, she's the teacher's asking about a book, and Donnie has an informative opinion on it while a new girl comes in. Oh, before we get to that one, did you notice how she was holding that damn book? That I seen that and I was like, you're gonna ruin that fucking book. She has it normal, and then she has the front part of the book bent all the way over to hit the back and i'm like you're gonna ruin that fucking book because <laughs> i was just imagining her putting it together and i'm like that's not gonna look good it was i'm such a book nerd that i'm like even folding the page dog earring drives me nuts so when mm. i seen that i'm like you gotta be fucking kidding me <laughs> yeah koala's a big reader oh my gosh it killed me uh but the teacher is uh drew barrymore Mm-hmm. Which I would not expect her to be in this movie. You know, she's uh, like romantic comedy type stuff. Eh, yeah, but I got some facts about that too later okay. on. So we'll come to that. Well, well, I guess we'll come to that. We're gonna find out everything at the end of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't have my notes. I don't have my facts <laughs> mixed in through all this. <laughs> I'm just gonna say facts at the end. Oh yeah, she's really bent that book backwards, man. She's, yes. She don't intend on having this book long. No. She tear that cover right off. She's supposed to be an English teacher's. English teacher's supposed to love and care for some damn books, and she just don't give two fucks. Mm. Mm-mm. But she told the girl, the new girl that walked in, you look like you belong here. Sit next to the boy that you think is the cutest. Like, no teacher's going to do that. Well, this teacher is, I, I imagine she had grown up and she used to be like, a, you know, hippie style, you know, freedom, yeah. man, do your own thing. You know, F the establishment. And so she, uh, she's got her own little way of doing things. And so, I guess yeah, it works. She does say sit next to the boy you think is the cutest. And she even makes a girl get up when yes. the new girl decides that Donnie is the cutest. Yeah, she told Joni to go sit somewhere. Well, why didn't the new girl, like, if there was an extra seat, why didn't she just go sit there in the first place? Like, pot stir massively. <laughs> this teacher don't care. Mm-mm. But then we see the dad and Donnie talking on their car ride home about the plane crash. Yep, his and, dad was not wearing the seatbelt. Seen that? Wow, and that it is uh, it's secretive, uh, but he can tell his therapist, which he didn't even know the therapist's name. He was like, "What's his name? What's her name?" Yeah, he can tell the therapist whatever he wants. So I guess the dad just let him know. You know, you don't have to keep things secret from the therapist, but mm. everybody else, you do. I don't know. I feel like if our child was in a therapist, I would at least know the last name. Of the therapist. Yeah. He just doesn't seem to be... Uh, I, don't, I think he, I feel like he's trying the dad, but he's just not really caring. Mm. Uh, maybe that's a like a guy thing to not have details like that, but I don't know. I feel like you would know your 
son's therapist's name. Well, as they're trying to figure out the son's therapist's name, they end up almost hitting this crazed old lady in the mm-hmm. middle of the street. And she whispers something into Donnie's ear. Ooh, do you want me to go ahead and tell you what she said? Well, I think that's part of the movie. So we'll go get to that part a little bit later. Okay. I think they reveal that themselves. Yes, later on. <clears throat> uh, but she checks in the mailbox. There's nothing there. And she kind of just like resets and just does the same thing over and over again. She got a wild ass mullet, don't she? The wildest I've ever seen. Yeah. Front part just sticking up. And then the back part, wide as hell. Mm. The old lady. BDP ain't got nothing on that. Sparrow. Well, uh, Donnie, the next scene, we Donnie makes it to the therapist, and uh, he's telling the therapist everything about the rabbit, that his name is Frank, that he's told him to, you know, uh, when the world's going to end, and he just keeps talking to him, tell him, hey, wake up. Come here. So the therapist knows he has an imaginary friend, and he's on the medication, he's doing therapy, but... I feel like you have all of those already marked off on the box, but he's not getting better. So what's the next thing to do? I feel like as a parent, you might want to be like, hey, these things aren't working. Let's go ahead and, I don't know, I don't know, submit this guy into a inpatient hospital. <laughs> like, he's sleepwalking. You don't know what he's doing. That well, could be very harmful for himself and other people. Well, we haven't seen any evidence of him hurting himself or others, so he's still okay to be in society. I would be very questioning it at this point already. Well, the next scene is the <laughs> next day, and they're at school again, and they're watching an infomercial about a guy oh that gosh. found, uh, one of the guys that found Donnie on a, do- a golf course. It's Jim Cunningham. And it's about controlling fear. I do wonder if the teacher actually believes what the video is saying or if she's just lonely and just seeing how handsome he was. And it's just like, OK, I'm just going to believe everything you're saying because you're just so handsome. Because it was it was not a very convincing video at all. Well, uh, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, <laughs> maybe. I don't, I don't know. She uh, she might. Be, she seems like one of those uh, Karen types to. Oh, for sure. Yeah, she she's holier than thou, so she's better than people because she believes in whatever she believes in and she's gonna let you know about it did you get the vibe that she was a gym teacher no no yeah apparently later on in the movie they said she was a gym teacher or something came up of that i'm like she's a gym teacher i didn't like there was nothing in any of the scenes of her teaching seemed like she was a gym teacher well we do see some kind of office or hallway in the sky as we hear the voice telling donnie to wake up oh this was october 6th 1988 24 days remained and we're getting some kind of vision of donnie with an axe and he's just chopping at this pipe Mm -hmm. and then it cuts out and then then the next day it cuts to the next day and the kids are at the school bus the bus stop well, when more students say, hey, uh, school's closed because the school was flooded. And they say it's a busted water main. And an axe was planted in the, the mascot's head. Mm-hmm. Uh, the statue out front. They have a statue of their mascot out front. And there's an axe just right in his head with a note uh, that said, they made me do it. Which, <sighs> this just seems kind of dumb to me. It's impressive that he got the axe to where it is. One, they were the older gentlemen were saying how strong the person would have to be because it's solid bronze. So does he have 
extra strength while he's sleepwalking? Is he able to climb? Because that did not look like a statue that was easily climb. I mean, he's gonna have to climb it and then angle it in a way so does he have super strength? And then also, why are you gonna leave this? Does he have gloves? Do they not do fingerprints? Like, what is happening here? Well, I mean, it, it wasn't as serious as like a murder scene, so I don't think they would waste the resources to do fingerprints uh, and test I all bet that. it's pretty expensive to fix that water main. To fix it and to dry all the classrooms out. Maybe it's pretty expensive to use the fingerprint testing I kit. Mean, ugh. And I this know, takes me dumb. to another movie. Um, I don't know if you've seen uh, Split or Unbreakable, uh, Mr. Glass. Mm-hmm. But if you, if, you know, you got another personality and it believes they are what they are. I didn't even think about super that. super strength. He may have it in another personality. I was literally just thinking mental illness the whole entire movie. Like schizophrenia or something. Like I wasn't thinking about a whole nother personality. But did you catch when they were talking about the girls? I think the girls were talking um, about the water main and all that stuff. And they're like, ew, there's a whole bunch of feces that came out of the bathroom. And they're like, ew, baby mice. I was like, no. oh, what? <laughs> well, Donnie runs into the new girl and she's being harassed by two bigger students. Yep. One being Seth Rogen. His first line ever. I like your boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and she asked Donnie to, uh, after, you know, he kind of de-escalates the situation, she asked Donnie to walk her home. And he says, yeah. And she says that her dad stabbed her mom and they can't find him. Okay, so was it the stepdad or dad? Because I swore she said stepdad and then later on somebody said dad. So I'm like... Well, I got dad out of it. Oh, I got stepdad. Well, he gets nervous and uh, talks a bit too much. Uh, but she ends up calling him weird but says it's a compliment. This whole scene was just so awkward for me. Like, it was so cringy. Like, first of all, if this is your first time interacting and you're telling your whole entire life story, like, that is not something you just automatically come out and say, oh, hey, my dad stabbed my mom no. multiple times. No, I moved listen. here. And I've, be, I've talked to a lot of people, and some people, they do not mind telling you all mm. about their life and all their sorrows. Even, let's, like, here's a story about today. I was at the uh, collector's. You know, being my doing my thing, guy come in. He decided he wanted to tell me that he just moved and that all the stuff he has. He's got a. He used to have a twenty four square foot house, twenty four thousand, no, twenty four hundred square foot house, and now he has a twenty two square foot house, uh, twenty two hundred square foot house, and uh, he's got three cars. His wife drives a Mustang. He drives a truck, and there's another car, and they got to keep one car in the garage. But that's one thing. That's like what you. He, I feel like that's kind of gloating. But to tell your story as in. My mom got stabbed. This is such a tragic, weeping story. Like You don't think people do that? Well, you must not talk to a lot of people. You stay in I this really, room by yourself <laughs> talk to nobody. I work from but home, so... <laughs> I'll tell you another story. Another lady come in. She wanted to see what we, we bought in this store. And she was like, well, I just want to see what kind of collection you got because my daughter died in 2021 because of COVID. And I've adopted her two sons. And I've been trying to take care of them. One of them has autism and one of them has ADHD. And I... That's that another. That's another story. Like that, people will just tell you their story. So, so this is believable. I believe it. There was a part when he was saying that, um, where she was saying he had mental illness or like seen something. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was like, "Oh, I have those too." What does your dad have? And that was when he was like, "Oh yeah, he stabbed my mom <laughs> <laughs> just four times." 
Well, after she calls him weird, uh, the compliment thing, uh, Donnie asks her out uh, to be his girlfriend. You know, after the first combo, like yeah. that. And he's like, do you want to go with me? Not, not, hey, do you want to go out on a date or do you want to be my boyfriend, girlfriend? I mean, this is how kids do it. Okay. I don't know. It's so it's awkward. Like Listen, I'm, I, I get weirded out by awkward interactions and just this whole. You create awkward interactions Mm-mm. because of this. Because you're so scared of them, you create them. Mm-mm. And no, I know no boys ever asked you out when you were in high school. <laughs> but this is how it went. It's like, hey, you want to go with me? Everybody knew what that meant. Man, yeah, the lonely life. I don't know what it's Mm-mm. like to live like that. Cringe. Oh, yeah, but uh, we see Donnie back with a therapist, and she wants to hypnotize him. Mm-hmm. So Donnie tells the therapist about uh, Gretchen and how about how much he likes the girl, and uh, he starts to uh, touch himself in this hypnotized state. Well, the whole entire time, she kept kind of asking him questions, and he kept bringing it back to, I think about girls. I think about fucking girls. And he started talking about, like, Married with Children, the TV series, and then just, I guess, talking about the hot person that was on the TV series. And, yeah, it was real awkward. Yeah, so he's in this deep hypnotized state while she's asking these questions. And, yeah, he starts undoing his pants and uh, starts uh, getting in there and getting started, and she has to, like, get him out of it so yep. she claps and uh he, he snaps out of it he's like what what has happened let me just go ahead and slowly <laughs> zip my pants back up <laughs> but we do know he's taking medication and he's going to the therapist but the only thing that's kept me interested in this movie is to know what his diagnosis is mm. so far it hasn't grabbed my attention to be like okay this is gonna be a good movie well, the next day, the police are in the classroom, and they're making kids write the message they found by the statue, and Donnie, you, uh... He looks guilty, like he's kind of fidgeting, and I don't... He goes up there on the board, and he writes his thing, and the police officer puts a little question mark by his name. But it's really stupid, because, one, is this how they for real going to catch the person, is to write them down? The person that did it, did it in black spray paint. What you write on a chalkboard is completely different on what you spray paint mm, with a spray bottle. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, well, Donnie ends up going to the restroom while another kid is in there, and that kid has uh, another mullet of his own. He was the <laughs> one of the bullies that was uh, harassing Gretchen earlier that Danny stopped, and uh, he threatens Donnie with a knife. That's I don't know. Like if you're gonna threaten somebody with a knife, I mean. Are you going to do it or are you not going to do it? Like, I don't I don't know. Is this just kind of a way to scare him? I mean, I guess it would be scary, but I feel like it'd be something like, oh, okay, you already pulled a knife on me and you didn't do anything. Mm, you're a little bitch. I don't think you're actually going to do nothing. Wow. Well, after that, the uh, next scene is Donnie goes with some friends and they're shooting glasses bo- glass bottles. Uh, While with they're a BB drinking gun. beer. Like, how are these kids getting beer? Yeah. And how are they getting cigarettes, too? And Donnie has to... Oh, not Donnie, but his friends has to explain how the uh, the Smurfs work. And one line he says is, uh, what's the point in living if you don't have a dick? <laughs> and I I took that to heart. You know, I really asked myself, what <laughs> no, you didn't. would be the point of living <laughs> if you don't have a dick? <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming if you don't have a dick, you would have something else. Or you're just going to be... You'll be dickless. You'll be smooth. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean, how does Donnie know if Smurfs have genitalia or not? I mean, I didn't personally watch the Smurfs, but 
I don't think that they would have ever been like, oh, hey, the male Smurfs have a penis, and then the one female Smurf has a vagina. Like, I don't think that that would have ever came up in a kid's show. Well, that's what... uh, Is that the side that Donnie was on? I think he was saying they were asexual. I mean, how would he know? Like, I mean, it's just a theory and a guess. You know, you you never know these characters. They don't Mm. explain that. He was acting like he knew exactly what it was. Like, he seemed to be taking it personally. They end up catching the eye of uh, Miss Sparrow. Uh, She almost got hit again. Why has nobody called anybody to help her out? Like, this woman needs to be in a nursing home or something. Like, she's already gotten hit by a car two or three times already. And people are like, oh, there's grandma death. She's doing her thing. That's what she does every single day. She just goes right in the middle of the road and comes right back. And it's right around the curve, too. Yes. Like, how is nobody? I don't don't know. That was throwing me off, too. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the teacher... Oh, her Miss, name's Kitty. Miss Kitty almost hit Grandma Death, and the boys hear it, and they, that's what that perks them up, and they look over there and see, and then they start talking about her and how she goes back and forth to the mailbox all day checking for a letter. Is that a form of dementia? Alzheimer's? Like, what? The- I guess so. I mean, yeah, she believes she needs to check that mail, and she always needs to believe she needs to check it. She keeps forgetting she checked it. That's as hell. Like, where's her family at? Don't nobody, no literally no nobody wants yeah. to help her out. Yeah. That's sad. Well, there's a PTA meeting where uh, Dr. Cole, they're looking principal. for who did what to the statue. And the same teacher is having a problem with the short stories the kids are reading while we hear the voice of Frank talking to Donnie. Which I'm really surprised that she stood up against. Like, she interrupted the principal, Dr. Cole. And she seems to be, like you said, a Karen earlier. And she seems to be so into authority. But then she's going to interrupt and sidetrack the meeting and talk about this book. And it was like, ugh, that's weird. Yeah, she's real, you know, animated and inanimate about this. I cannot stand it. This is the devil working here. Mm-hmm. She's saying something like that about the English teacher and what their her curriculum is and what she's reading, what she's letting these kids read. I don't think anything would be acceptable to her except for the Bible. Mm. <laughs> uh, but like I said, it goes back and forth from the PTA meeting to Donnie, who's hearing that voice again. And he starts uh, walking to the... He's in the bathroom, but he walks away from the bathroom mirror to just a blank spot where he sees the the rabbit and he puts his hands up, and it's like this invisible wall is there, and you can see the ripples when he touches it. So this is where I start getting confused in the movie, because I'm like, okay, I can wrap my head around the fact that he's sleepwalking, but now is he taking a nap and he's sleeping walk, sleepwalking, or is he now gone further in his diagnosis and is hallucinating while he's awake? I feel like it's not clear. I don't know if it was me just looking too much into it, or is it clear to you? Like, I don't know. Well, we it switches back to the PTA meeting where uh, Miss Kitty is actually insulting the English teacher, mm-hmm. uh, you know, claiming that her books are in there, pornography, and, rah, 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 and Donnie's mom actually stands up Rose. and says, uh, yeah, Rose, Donnie's mom, uh, stands up and says that the PTA doesn't ban books. She was smirking real hard. I wonder if she's drunk. Like, how much alcohol she's drinking throughout this movie. I'm like, now re-watching it. Like, 
hmm, I wonder if she's actually drunk in this scene. Or if she really hates this teacher and just wants to get under her skin. It's possible. Because later on you do find out that their daughters are on the dance team together. So I think they she has to deal with Miss <laughs> Kitty a lot more than she really wants to. Well, we switch back to Donnie and uh, his little sister walks in on him and asks him, uh, who are you talking to? And he says, oh, just, just, just taking my meds. And then we go back again. Mm-hmm. Switching back over here, uh, but this is the next day, and we see the teacher showing the infomercial from Jim Cunningham, and she is teaching the kids to place an X on the board labeled "fear" or "love," and she will explain the situation, and she the kids will decide. That's did, so stupid. Did this person act out of fear, or did they act out of love? And so Donnie goes up to place an X, and he tells her that life isn't as simple as fear and love. Do you want me to read what's on his card real quick? Sure, his card. His card said, Ling Ling finds a wallet on the ground filled with money. She takes the wallet to the address on the driver's license, but keeps the money inside the wallet. How does that have to do with fear or love? Well, that last sentence, how does that have to fit, was not on the card. But that's what Donnie was saying. How does this have to do with fear or love? And then also that's dumb the owner would know how much money that they have in their wallet. Like, how would they not blame the person that brought the wallet to them that they took the money out. You would think you would know how much cash you would have in them. Like, if you're going to steal the money, why even go the further step and give the wallet back? Don't know. Mm, but it is funny because if something else happens in the movie that pertains to that card, that's why I was like, let me go ahead and read that card out. Well, I don't know how... I guess if it fell in fear... It's or... definitely not love because, I mean... Loves, you wouldn't take the money if it was love. Well, now what if your loved one needed surgery and you needed to pay for it and so you needed that money so you took it out of love? But then why why go the extra mile to give the the Because you're wallet? still a kind person mm. and it's out of love that you want this person to have their wallet. I don't know. I kind of agree with Donnie in this. Like, there's no too <laughs> yeah, fear or love. Like, that's ex- so stupid. It's not to the extreme, for sure. Mm-mm. Well, there's more emotions than just fear and love because she's just like... It's fear or love. It's one or the other. And Donnie's just like, there's more emotions than just those two. Like, does she not think that <laughs> anger is a deep emotion? But he does look like he wants to punch her in the face, though. I think a lot of people do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next scene, uh, the principal's asking Donnie what he said uh, to the teacher, who is the one <laughs> from uh, Child's Play, like I said, uh, Miss Kitty. Uh, she says that Donnie told her to put that exercise up, uh, up her anus. Mm-mm. Shove the card forcibly into her anus. And then the dad just starts <laughs> laughing his yeah. ass off. He was trying so hard. So this is a meeting with Donnie's parents, the teacher, and the principal. And she's explaining what Donnie did. And yeah, dad, dad's uh, got a sense he of humor. Laughing. But the thing that I didn't understand, because before he started talking about what he did, to start the scene out, Dr. Cole, the principal, is like, um, the test scores are, are um, imitating something, something, something. But I'm like, what is the test scores? Like, what test? What does the test scores have to do with anything that he's doing? Like, it just seems so stupid. Like, why are you bringing test scores? If this is something that has to do, like, you're in trouble, that has nothing to do with anything. Like, it just seems stupid to bring that up. But he got suspended from after-school activities for six months. Like, for telling the teacher to forcibly shove something up her ass, I think that's kind of ridiculous for six months. And then it didn't seem that he does any after-school activities <laughs> in the first place. So I'm just kind of like, is this a moot point? Any, like, I don't 
Quite possibly. Know. Quite possibly. But after the meeting, uh, Donnie and his dad go on outside while the mother stops and has a conversation with Miss Kitty. And Miss Kitty kind of tells her, you know, I just don't know if you're raising your kid right. Mm-hmm. She definitely blamed it on the mama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Rose, the mama, was just, just standing there shocked. Well, Donnie's sister is sitting in his uh, new room after it's been repaired and uh, tells us that he's got a bunch of new stuff because of the crash. So it's a good thing. Which, to me, Donnie seems a little shocked about all the new stuff. So did he not get to choose any of his stuff out? Guess not. I mean, that seems seems weird. Well, the, uh, the after this night, the date flashes again. Yep. October 10th, 1988, 20 days remained. And this time, we see Donnie approaching the science teacher, or is it the math teacher? I'm assuming science. He's well, like the room looks sciencey. I don't, I don't know. Because yeah, it has right. a whole bunch of, um, what's that stuff that you use in science where you pour into Beakers? the little, yeah, all that stuff. So okay. that's science well, Donnie's seen asking uh, him about time travel, and the teacher gives Donnie a book that mm-hmm. a former teacher wrote. Which he told him that he can't tell anybody about that book. Yes, uh, because uh, the author of the book turns out to be Roberta, Roberta Sparrow. Yes, so she wrote The Philosophy of Time Travel by Roberta Sparrow. She used to be a nun, then changed and became a science teacher Um and started going teaching there. But it was weird because in the next scene, he's literally sitting at the table talking to his family about this book. So he immediately went and did the exact opposite that the teacher told him not to do by telling anybody about the book. Well, after he got the book, he goes out to, you know, try to, I guess, confirm his, what the, the guy said about the Robetta Spurl. And he sees a, like an old class photo of all the staff, I guess. And he finds Roberta Sparrow, Sparrow on the uh, the picture there. And then the next scene is the dinner scene mm-hmm. which you were speaking about. And he's passing the book around like show and tell. Yep. And the mama was once again drinking another glass of wine. She drunk at this scene too. <laughs> and they start talking about Roberta and how she became a recluse. I just wrote on my notes, is the mama drunk? Like how many glasses of wine is she going to have? I was at this point like... I don't get this movie. I'm going to pinpoint random stuff at this point. (laughs) Well, the next scene, we see uh, Donnie playing with his little sister, uh, Sam, and we hear him talking about the what Roberta whispered into his ear. Oh, hold on. Let me. She said every living creature on Earth dies alone. I guess I don't have to go back to my notes. You already had that. (laughs) The therapist asked uh, Donnie if uh, he feels alone. And he said he doesn't uh, have any proof that he is alone. Does he not think that being with his family is not being alone? Or is he talking about, like, in a friend way or... Well, he doesn't have any proof that he is alone. Like, he's not alone. What do you mean? You don't need proof. He's saying he's not alone. That's all I'm getting out of it. I'm not digging too deep as you are. Okay, well, that might be the problem is I'm digging too deep because I'm just like, I I don't get it. Like... She asks if dying alone scares him, and he says he doesn't want to be alone. So I guess it's one of his fears is being alone. Um, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I, I literally do not know. Like hmm. He's not alone. He has his family. He has friends. He now has a girlfriend. He has his therapist to be able to talk to. He even has this imaginary friend named Frank that 
he talks to. So maybe if he doesn't be so off and awkward, maybe he will have more people and he won't be so alone. Maybe. I don't know. Well, Donnie's mom next scene is uh, talking with a friend about going to see Jim Cunningham. She has another glass of wine in her hand. Yep, her and a friend are drinking at some, uh, what was it, a renovated house or something they're working on? Which I didn't, I, when I first seen this, I took this as something about her, like, at her job. Like, I didn't know that it was their house repairing, because I thought the only thing that was damaged was upstairs in Donnie's room. So I'm like, okay, that kind of tripped me up. She didn't know where they were at. Mm -mm. Well, the next scene is uh, Donnie and his dad and a friend... I guess his son are watching a football game, the Redskins, and uh, he doesn't seem to be into it. Yeah, he seems uncomfortable because uh, Donnie, uh, Donnie's looking crazy in the chair over there, mm-hmm. and it's because Donnie is seeing what the fuck these like, clear tubes. I said yeah, clear yeah. tubes. Yeah, these clear like worm-like tubes coming out of people's chests, and it's kind of leading to where they're going to go it's like mm. laying out their path what they're going to be doing is this is he hallucinating because of medicine or is he hallucinating because of his mental status i don't know like that's why i'm like mm, I just maybe gotta he's not go hallucinating right maybe he's just seeing something that the others can't mm, that's debatable i don't know but uh he does see his own which uh turns into a hand and signals him to follow which he was laughing when he looked down. So does other people not see him or hear him laughing? Listen, they probably know something wrong with him. So they're like, "Ah, right, let him do his thing. <laughs> he ain't never hurt nobody. So just let him do his thing. Mm. Uh, but his path has led him to a closet upstairs where he finds a gun. And a shoebox on the floor and a house full of kids. Like that is so unsafe. Yeah, no gun safe, no uh, no preparation for this. Like, it's loaded. It's ready I to guess. go. But it didn't, It to me, I didn't think, like, oh, did he take the gun? Like, that was in the back of my head questioning if he actually took it. Because you didn't see if he took it. You just see him touch it and open up the box and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hmm, got to keep that in the back of my mind watching the rest of the movie. Yeah, it looks like a uh, some sort of 1911. I don't know which which company makes it because everybody makes a 1911 but <laughs> that's what it looks like so then it goes to the next day at the bus stop where he focuses in on a plane going by with 12 days remaining mm-hmm. hey you took what i was supposed to say mm. my bad he got a scratch on the side of his neck where do you get that from i don't know just oh, it, give me a special fact right no here. it's just okay. i seen it and i was like trying to see if it would explain which i didn't google it after to see if jake whatever his last name is, actually got hurt and they just kind of played it into the movie. Mm-hmm. Hall. But uh, Donnie is talking to his girlfriend and he says that uh, he wants to kiss her, uh, but she wants it to be in a better place. This is so awkward. Not while the fat guy's watching them. Yeah, it was just... <laughs> because he leans in to try to kiss her and she just kind of like shrugged away and I'm like, ugh, this is so freaking awkward. Could, like, the awkwardness, I think that's what... I mean, mean, is that just him himself, or is that part of the movie? Like, I don't know if they were meaning it to be so awkward. He's a good actor. Um, 
it's debatable in this movie. <laughs> well, then it switches to uh, Donnie's parents, and they're talking with a therapist. And she tells them that uh, she'd like to do more hypnotherapy and mm, increase his medicine. medication. Yeah. Uh, while she's saying this, he is having some breakthrough with Frank. By grabbing a knife and trying to stab the barrier. That's right. He wants to actually get closer to Frank. So he wants to get past this clear wall barrier that's stopping him. So he, and he stabs it. Is that where you went with that? Or is he actually trying to kill Frank? Why would he try to kill him? I mean, he's been listening to him, following him this whole time. Maybe he's tired of being... aggression towards him. Maybe he's tired of being crazy. Yeah, but he's not like, fuck you, Frank, I'm gonna get ya. Mm. He's been listening to Frank the whole time. If he didn't like him, I'm sure he'd be throwing tantrums. No, get out of my head, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I guess if someone's really in your head, you can't really do too much about it. Yeah, you can't. And do what he's doing by going to the therapist and taking a whole bunch of medicine. Mm-hmm. Just take the medicine you're supposed to take it. Uh, I don't know. This is where I started Googling uh, schizophrenics. They start, they have daylight hallucinations. So I'm like, I think this is yeah, where he's well, going with it. You're so stuck on him having something wrong with him. <laughs> How do you not see that something's wrong with him? <laughs> because I've seen this movie. I've seen it twice. And both times I'm like, this something's wrong with this guy this whole entire time. Well, I guess I'll explain it to you at the end. <laughs> I guess so, because uh, I didn't understand it. The next scene, we see the English teacher, uh, Drew Barrymore, reacting to another saying uh, from Donnie Darko. She's actually talking to him with the, the math teacher, or science teacher mm-hmm. from earlier about the thing. Uh, and then there's a seminar in the gymnasium, or uh, I don't know, whatever room they do seminars in at the school. And uh, it's of Jim Cunningham mm-hmm. talking about fear. And he talks about a hypothetical person named Frank. While he's answering questions about fear, uh, Donnie gets up there and asks, uh, how much is he getting paid to be there? Uh, he kind of becomes disruptive and causes a scene by saying his truth. You know, how he feels about this guy. That he's the, the devil or whatever else. Mm-hmm. He's a asshole. just wants money. Which that's when the, what is it, Jim, John Cunningham? Yeah, Jim says he's scared of the truth yeah. and that he needs help. I mean, how is he scared of the truth? Just because he's angry? Like, he's asking questions. So, to me, that's not him being scared of the truth. That's him trying to ask plenty of questions and get some answers. But did you spot Ashley Tisdale in the crowd? She was one of the girls that asked the question. No, I don't even know who Ashley Tisdale is. Uh, well, I guess he didn't watch High School Musical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she mm-hmm. was in that. <laughs> how about that? There you go, guys. High School Musical is tied to Donnie Darko. <laughs> Well, Danny ends up calling uh, Jim the Antichrist, and uh, he, they say, get him out of here. He, Which, he's why, escorted out of there. Why is Donnie so angry? Like, there's no need to be, like, he's taking this to heart. Like, he's personally, I don't know. He just seems so angry and defensive on why just these dumb, weak people are believing what he's writing. And he's just, to me... He's like took it way too seriously. It's probably frustrating. I mean, I mean, why? It, there's no need to be upset about it. No need to ruin your ruin your day about it or get in trouble with the principal. Well, I mean, when you when someone who sees a bunch of stuff like happening, like the dominoes fall, and people who don't see it is just a little metaphor. You don't have to literally see dominoes fall, but when people don't see it, and then people like Donnie is like, you know, hey. 
You can just stand back and watch the dominoes fall. You don't have to be one of the dominoes and be stupid and fall in line with all these other people who are ranting and raving about this or that. It gets it gets angering because you can't educate fools. You know, they, they they're ignorant and they want to stay ignorant. You know, you can be a dummy, but a dummy can learn. But if you're an ignorant fool, you don't want to learn. You want to stay dumb. And that's like that's pretty much anybody in politics. You know, if you're one side or the other too much, then, yeah, you're you're an ignorant fool because you don't even want to learn. So it gets it gets aggravating to people who are objective. They see it objectively like Donnie does. I think he sees the whole just situation objectively. But this Cunningham guy, he knows he's fooling. Cunningham is fooling these people and getting their money and just getting them to believe whatever so he can pay whatever. So he's trying to get up there and make Cunningham like a fool so that everybody else can see that, you know, he ain't he ain't what he appears to be. Yeah, I get all that. But to ruin your own day over it. Sometimes you have a moment. I mean, I guess so. Well, Danny, the next scene is Donnie going up to the, uh, the old shooting range. He took his girlfriend up there where they were shooting bottles uh, before, and uh, she tells him to calm down. Yeah, she calls him out because he's still uh-huh. upset about it. Yeah, and he asks her about uh, Grandma Death and uh, how she wrote a book. And he tells her about that. He tells her that uh, he had been seeing things, and uh, the book talks about the stuff he sees. But she didn't seem upset. Or kind of be like, mm, something's really wrong with him. She just kind of like goes along with it. Like, is she taking him seriously? Mm-hmm. And then once again, he's supposed to be keeping this book a secret or not tell anybody about it. But then here he is, told his family, and then now his girlfriend. So it's like, mm, you really don't listen to what the teacher told you not to do. And that's the next thing he does. He goes back to the science teacher that gave him the book. And uh, mm-hmm. they speak more about time travel. And he tells Donnie that he could lose his job. Uh, because Donnie turned the convo to God. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, okay, how can he lose his job? These kids are smoking cigarettes. They drinking beer. They snorting coke in the damn hallway. Like, how can he lose a job by talking about God? Well, he's not smoking or drinking, uh, so he's in the safe. If they're doing it, it's fine. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's one of the big big no-nos. A teacher trying to convert some student to a certain way, one side or the other. You can get fired for that. Uh, but uh, as he's as he's walking to school the next day, he finds a wallet which belongs to Jim Cunningham. Mm-hmm. That's why I had to read the card out because it's literally the same thing that happened with the card. And then you hear a voice that says, "Now you know where he lives." Foreshadowing right there. Mm-hmm. So he tries to uh, explain what he's seeing to the uh, therapist. Yeah, to the therapist. And uh, about finding the gun, too. But he says nothing. When she asked what he found, he said nothing. Mm. So he's been completely honest with her up until this whole entire time. So I wonder if he's like, okay, if I tell her that I found a gun, she's going to commit me. Or did Frank tell him not to tell her about the gun? Either way, he did not tell her about the gun. <laughs> like, what's like what's the point? Like This whole entire time you're being truthful, but... Mm-hmm. Well, the next scene is there in school, and they're doing a presentation about glasses for babies to help memories. Uh, I guess it's for uh, they had to come up with an invention, invention, mm-hmm. and theirs was uh, glass for babies to help them help their memories start quicker, see happy things or something like that while they're mm-hmm. sleeping. But I mean, to me, I feel like a baby needs sleep; they don't need to be in bright light. I feel like that's gonna fuck their eyes up. Well, one of the students interrupts and uh, talks about her mom 
And she leaves uh, Donnie. Oh, well, she leaves Donnie up there, and then he decides to follow and comfort her. This is where I don't get it, because they. she wanted a beautiful moment to remember the kiss, but she chose to kiss him after she got hurt by the guys that were making fun of her. Well, I mean, she really respected the way he come out and comfort her, and mm. I guess that got her all emotional and was like, he loves me. This is our moment. I guess so. And he gets a little smoochy smoochy. <laughs> Right there in front of school with a bunch of fat people. <laughs> yeah, like she <laughs> didn't want some fat old person watching him, but she has no problem having all these kids watching him. So later that night, Donnie and Gretchen go to the movies. Why are they the only people in the movie? Literally the only two people in that whole entire movie theater. Well, it's probably like a Wednesday night mm. and they're watching Evil Dead. This is 1988. When did Evil Dead come out? Uh, I got that as a fact at the end, <laughs> so I can't. I mean, I could pull it up, but I just don't feel like scrolling all the way down and wow. come back and find my place again with my notes. Well, Gretchen ends up falling asleep. <laughs> and uh, The whole entire movie. She slept through the whole entire I mean, movie. It was probably late. Like I said, it's on a school night. I feel like she probably got drugged. There is no way. There's no way this bitch fell asleep. The whole entire movie? Quit playing. Shit, no. We tried to watch Mm-mm. one episode of Bleach and you over there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, you out for the rest of the night. So she real comfortable. She knocks out and Frank shows up and he's sitting next to Gretchen. And he asks Frank, why are you wearing that stupid bunny suit? To which Frank replies, why are you wearing that stupid man suit? <laughs> he's like, take it off. Yeah, man, I thought this was the point he was going to take a knife and start carving his skin up, trying to take his skin off or something. But, <laughs> I don't think he's that mentally off. Well, uh, Frank takes his mask off to reveal that uh, he's missing an eye. Which that's, this is what, a 2001 film? I feel like they could have done a little bit better on the eye. Because when you look at it, it just looks messed up and there's blood coming down. But you don't know what happened to it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they kind of done a little bit better. Well, I don't think you're supposed to know right now what happened to it. It looked the same when you, after you found out what happened to it. Well, he tells Frank that uh, this has to stop. And Frank says, watch the screen. I have to show you something. And a portal appears. And it shows Jim Cunningham the house. And uh, Frank tells him to burn it to the ground. Which... I got the vibe, maybe that I was thinking he didn't know what was happening when he was sleepwalking, like breaking the water pipe and all that stuff. But he knows. He knows what he's doing, and he just goes along with it. And then when he wakes back up, he's just he knows. Like, he still remembers, and he still knows. So I'm like, why are you doing this? Why are you listening to someone that's... I mean, I guess because the only theory I have is that, okay, he thinks that the world's going to end in 20-something days or 28 days. Is he just like, oh, fuck it. Let me just do whatever he's saying because he said the world's going to end anyways. What would you have done? Uh, I would fucking commit myself. If I'm seeing a <laughs> fucked-ass bunny like that called Frank telling me to do some not nice things by breaking a fucking water pipe and me go to jail, yeah, I would commit myself. <laughs> Well, all right then. Donnie leaves Gretchen in the theater, and the next thing we see is that uh, Charita, heavyset Chinese girl, is doing a recital, and people are snickering. Uh, it was kind of rude. I 
think she did pretty good. Like, I don't think she's an ugly lady, and she doesn't seem weird or anything that I've seen. So I'm like, are they just doing because she's Chinese? Because the one guy made a comment about go back to China. So are mm-hmm. they just hating on her because she's Chinese? I don't know, but it is a weird, awkward performance. Uh, the teacher, Miss Kitty, is prepping the dancers and tells one girl if she needs to vomit, just swallow it. That was her daughter. <laughs> Did you catch that? She told her own daughter just to swallow her own vomit. You're going to be a star, baby. Oh. It reminds me of those uh, those girls they put in those pageants. And they dress them up and doll oh. them up real nice. And like, you better perform. The mothers are living through their daughters. Mm-hmm. And uh, Samantha does a dance performance on stage as part of the school's talent or dance show, whatever this is. And, and Jim Cunningham is the host. Which, why is he there? I mean, I get he was there to do, like, the, not the announcement, but, like, the program that he was doing before. But why is he still there? Well, maybe this is some kind of a charity on his part. I mean, he can file this on his taxes. Well, uh, while he's there, we know that he's not home. Yep. And we see Donnie in Jim's home, throwing gasoline everywhere. Okay, this is where I'm like, okay, I get... The first scene with the axe, he left the axe in the thing. But I'm like, okay, fingerprints. He's literally left the gas tank there. And he's just, he doesn't have gloves. Like, you can easily see he doesn't have gloves. I had to Google fingerprinting. Fingerprinting was invented in 1892, but didn't start being used for investigations until 1902. And the first case was successful in 1910. This is 1988. These motherfucking cops got some fingerprinting. So he he just don't care, I guess. Like I said, man, there's no murder. You know, so they just really don't think they gotta whip it out. He can go to jail for arsony. Arsony? Arsonist? What's the word? It's probably just arson. Mm. Okay. Uh, But like I said, there's no murder. You know, burning something down is different than burning the body. He's rich. I would think that he's rich. So I feel like he would definitely, Jim Cunningham, I feel like he would definitely be like, okay, there's a gas tank here. I'll pay to get some fingerprinting done. But I guess in the next, whenever you find out him about Jim Cunningham, I guess he can't really do too much. Yeah, well, Donnie lights that thing on fire and returns to the theater and starts making out with old Gretchen. Come on now. This motherfucker guy smell like gasoline. He no. doused the whole entire house. You know damn well some gasoline is either on his shoes or on his hands or on his shirt. That shit spreads and that shit stinks. How does she not smell the gasoline? He probably didn't do that. Mm. You know? Well, uh, we see uh, some firefighters walking through uh, Jim's burnt down house <laughs> the following morning. This is fucked up. Uh, yeah, the next day on the news, and we find out that uh, Jim's house is burned down. You know, how terrible. And that he had child pornography in his house. A kitty porn dungeon. He was arrested. Do you know, do you think Frank knew about it? Like, do you think that's why he told Donnie to, I forgot the kid's name, Donnie to burn down the house to bring him out into the light about his kitty porn dungeon? Yeah, and I will tell you at the end why I think that. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, the the principal is, uh, our next scene, the principal is in there with Drew, Drew Barrymore, and he is firing her for being a little too much. Ooh, pause on that. So it's October 21st, 1988, <clears throat> six days remain. Go on now. Yeah, and he's firing the teacher. She, he said, exactly, I'm sorry, you have failed. You can finish out the week. 
Like, the fuck? That is such an unprofessional person ever. You go and tell somebody that they have failed and that, like, that was, that was a dick move. That was not necessary. Yeah, so she kind of has a freak out. She goes outside and just like, fuck. <laughs> uh, she didn't see that old, old, uh. Charita. Charita, yeah, Charita? sitting there eating lunch outside. <laughs> just looking at her. Uh, but she makes her way back into the school. You know. I'm sorry. If you got fucking fired, why in the hell are you going to wait until the end of the week? Just be like, deuces, motherfucker. You an asshole. You can get a substitute. You can pay somebody else. Mm-hmm. So I give her props for coming back in and finishing out the week. Yeah, yeah. She was kind of distraught about that. But uh, the dance team ended up getting some good news. The girls were invited to uh, dance for Ed McMahon. <laughs> and the teacher had discovered that uh, Jim was charged with child porn. So she was super excited, and then she got super down. <laughs> she's, I don't know if she's in love with this man or what. I don't know why she's taking this so personally. That was her idol, man. That was, that I mean, I guess. She wanted to succeed. Going to dance for Ed McMahon, I had, that, that's weird. Like, Who's Ed McMahon? I only know him from the publisher clearing house. He would used to bring these big old checks to people's houses who won and you can get like $5,000 for uh, a month for the rest of your life. You know, you can win stuff like that from publisher clearing house. If you just sign up for their little entry things and they give random people that he'd show up to the house with cameras and everything. He's like, you won. Everybody's so excited. That's the only thing I know him from. So if he's like a judge for a dance earlier on in his career or something, then this would make sense. But I don't know why he would want to see little girls dance. Maybe he's also into the kitty porn. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but uh, Miss Kitty wants to go to Rose. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's like, I've got to go and be at Jim's defense. And, and she can't go to with the girls. So she's asking Rose to go in her place. This doesn't make sense to me. It's just, one, why would Rose answer the door with a phone? Like, she either, she was on the phone when she answered the door. So it's one or the other. Get off the phone before you answer the door or finish your sentence with the conversation on the phone and then answer the door. Like, it just, that one, I'm like, why would you do that? But then Miss Kitty, she's such a weak woman. And then she's just like, uh, why would she choose her a stranger over her own kid when she specifically said trying to guilt rose into Mm -hmm. saying it's our kid's dream but it's just like but you are not going to see your own child your own child's dream just to go and stand at i don't what the fuck she gonna do just be there (laughs) for support like she's not a lawyer she's not a fucking judge she's nothing she's a fucking gym teacher Mm. like what the fuck is she gonna do well after that conversation, uh, Rose finds a calendar in Donnie's room and she tells him that she's leaving and that Elizabeth will be in charge. And mm-hmm. he asks, uh, how does he feel to have a, a wacko for a son? He said it feels wonderful, but I it think this motherfucker wonderful. is drunk as fuck. I think she's drunk. I mean, she's probably not wanting to tell him the truth because that'd be fucked up. Your own, being, your own mom be like, oh yeah, it's not great to have a wacko for a son. But I think they're all in denial. I think none of them realize how severe he is yeah because he doesn't he doesn't tell him he doesn't he doesn't tell the parents that you know like he sees a rabbit talking and all this crap like that but they already knew about that there's already a scene with a therapist that she the therapist yeah she's like has he told you about frank and they're like who's frank and they're like uh his imaginary friend 
No, they haven't. He hasn't told us about that. So they already knew that he's seeing Elise the bunny rabbit. Well, Danny's right. Writes a letter to uh, Roberta to for so she can find it in her mailbox. Uh, before he delivers it, though, he has a conversation with the English teacher, uh, and and she is leaving. And she tells him to tell the other kids that if they ask about her, uh, she says that everything's going to be fine. That's a swap. Yeah, and Donnie had a weird stare down with uh, Charita, and he tells her that everything will be better for her one day. Well, she's been wearing earmuffs. I don't recall her wearing earmuffs in the very first like scene that you've seen her. Yeah, but then wasn't. after that, she's been wearing earmuffs. And she just freaked out. Like, is she... Yeah. <laughs> She says, shut up. <laughs> she runs away after dropping a book uh, that had her, his name on it. Mm. So she had a little crush on mm-hmm. him. You know, appreciation for him standing up to her yeah. and stuff. So we see that. And yeah, she just He's just being nice. Yeah. Well, after that, uh, Donnie tells the therapist everything about him flooding the school and burning Jim's house down. And that uh, something's going to happen soon. He tells her that he can see him and that Frank is going to kill soon. And that the sky is going to open up. Okay, I got to go down because this is... The therapist has the right to, like, call the police, call call somebody to state that he's harming other people to get him out of society. Why in the hell does she not do that? She already, like... He already burnt down a previous place that they didn't explain. But then now he's already damaged the school. He burnt somebody else's house down. She knows that he's seen some, like, Frank. She could have easily called and got him committed or something. I mean, how do you know it's true? This might just be his other personality. This is a small fucking town. She while knows. he's telling her, he's in deep hypnotized state. You know, he's not himself. Pretty sure if you're gonna hypnotize, like you're gonna be telling the truth, right? How you know that this just might be what you want to do. This might be just what he's thinking that he really wants to do is these things and he wants to claim responsibility for them. I feel like you're trying to argue it, and I don't have the facts to be able to mm-hmm. argue my side, so I'm you just ain't gonna got no facts, shut so. up. No, because that's, that's right, not, <laughs> you don't even have facts. I'm just asking questions, okay? I think with hypnotherapy, like. You are telling the truth. I'm going to have to Google it later. I guess so. You really didn't bring nothing to the table today, did you? Damn it. <laughs> I thought I did so much fucking notes. And they're all, they're all at the bottom. And I'm not trying to film through it. So we'll have we'll put a pause on this conversation mm. and re-pick it up later on. <laughs> well, with one day remaining, Elizabeth tells Donnie that she got accepted to Harvard. Harvard. And uh, Donnie says <gasps> we should throw a party. I got my notes right here. Okay. Costume party time. Hold on. We're going to cancel this part and go back. Um, So my note says the confidentiality is important, but it can be overridden to protect someone else's safety. The patient's incriminating statements may be admissible in court. Does he remember his confessions after being hypnotized? Per Google, most people remember everything that happens during hypnosis. You remain aware of who you are, where you are, and remember what happened during a hypnosis session. So, I think he is definitely telling the truth, and she could have easily called some damn body. It says he remembers that stuff during a hypnosis session. It doesn't say he remembers doing the actual things. So he may remember himself saying, I did these things, 
but he may not actually remember himself doing them things. But I would think it would be, would it not be similar with sleepwalking? I didn't do the damn research about fucking sleepwalking. I guess I should have done that too. You just didn't do the research about nothing. I did the research about hypnotherapy or hypnosis, but I guess Mm -hmm. I didn't do enough with the sleepwalking to compare the two to state that, yes, he does know that he did whatever he did while sleepwalking. Well, enough people have... uh Heard enough about your non-research hat. So anyway, <laughs> we're gonna move on. Uh, the the party back to the party we we're talking about that Elizabeth and Donnie were gonna hold at the house because uh, the parents are gone. Mm. So they went to the dance trip. So Donnie and Elizabeth are gonna throw a little celebration party for her getting into Harvard, and it's a costume party, Halloween time, baby. And Gretchen comes to the party and tells Donnie that uh, her mom is gone and her. Uh, house was all messed up, and the police said that uh, she should go somewhere safe. So I guess she comes to her mentally ill boyfriend in the party. Yep, and they end up talking upstairs privately. Well, they were kissing, so were they trying to imply that they fucked, or... Well, they uh, start doing it on the mom's bed, okay? That is n- oh, that is not his room. Yeah, it's not his room. <gasps> they start doing it on the parent's bed. Oh, I didn't catch that. And the mom calls... And tells them that they're going to be back in the morning. Yep. And Dr. Thurman called his therapist, mm-hmm. called and leave a message for Rose, which that doesn't make sense because she's like, I really need to talk to you. Okay. If you really need to talk to him, that's a very serious matter. Call the fucking cops. Mm. Like, I think she did a disservice to him by not getting help. Quite possibly. But. Sound like the mama got kidnapped, though. For sure. Or... Like as a child? No. Oh, it's about uh, Gretchen's mom. Yes, yeah, sorry, Gretchen's mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the house was a mess, there was no note, there was nothing, and the mom's disappeared. Yeah, she got kidnapped by that stepdaddy, and she probably did. Yeah, well, Gretchen and uh, old Donnie come down the stairs uh, a little happy, so I'm pretty sure they've done the deal, sealed the deal on the bed up there. And it shows us that we have six hours left. Mm-hmm. October 30th. 1988. And Gretchen leaves and uh, Donnie starts to see the clear waves again that lead him to a sign that says Frank was here, went to get beer. Which you heard it <coughs> earlier by Elizabeth that Frank's gone mm-hmm. to get the beer. So you're trying to like somewhat put the pieces together. Maybe at this point. Yeah, the other people are seeing Frank and Frank actually lives. And I was assuming that, you know, Frank's just a guy at the party. And uh, there's going to be some mistaken identity here. And, same. You know, Danny might end up doing something he's going to regret. Well, Danny tells Gretchen and his two friends that uh, they have to go see Grandma Death. Okay, this is the point where I'm like, okay, that's great that he has friends. But does his friends think that he's mental or that he's a genius? I don't know, but they're loyal friends. And they get on the bikes and they roll on out. Yes, they do. And they end up uh, arriving, and they go to the cellar door. At Grandma Death's. At Grandma Death's. Uh, well, they go inside the cellar. They're just okay with breaking and entering? Well, it was Donnie and Gretchen that went in, and the yeah. two other friends stayed out. Supposed to be on lookout. Supposed to be. Mm-hmm. This bitch. They go down into the cellar. You break in and entering into somebody's house. Who's already crazy as hell. Yes. So, you, one, you don't know how fuck crazy she is. You don't know if that becomes violent. Mm-hmm. You would think you'd be quiet as fuck. This bitch starts playing the piano. 
And I'm mm. like, what are you doing? You, I'm assuming you should be quiet, but she's just being loud as hell. Yeah, she does uh, start playing a little, uh, a little scampy on that little piano there. But they're both surprised when two guys come and grab both of them. Where the hell was the friends at? They're supposed to be on lookout. They were supposed to be on lookout. I guess they just snuck in, or maybe these two fools are in there waiting. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the two bullies, and they have a knife on Donnie, and they threaten to kill him. Uh, so were they, I'm assuming they followed them there? Or uh, yeah, I think they probably did follow him there once they seen them all on the bikes, and they, they end up pulling them out of the cellar, and they get them into the street. And this is when they're wrestling around with uh, Donnie and, and the girl, and... Yeah, he has the knife on Donnie on his throat, and the other guy has the the girl, right, Gretchen? Yeah, Gretchen. She's all she got thrown down. Yeah, hurt her back or neck or something, and she's I on the ground. I don't know. I think she could have gone up. Yeah, so she's on the ground, and then there's this car coming, and I'm thinking like it's coming to the rescue. Grandma Death's in the road, and it swerves to avoid Grandma Death, but it ends up rolling right over Gretchen. So this scene didn't make any sense because Grandma Death's in the road. So is Gretchen. One, Seth Rogen already said, hey, we got to get out of here. There's a car coming. So she heard, I don't care how much pain that I am in. Whatever happened, you go and pay attention to that damn car and get the fuck out of the way. She just uh, stayed laying there. I mean, you don't know how much pain she was actually in. Like, Come her spine could have been broken. You By being thrown a, to the ground? No. Yeah. Hey, I know a guy who was in a fender bender, okay? And he couldn't feel his legs the next day. All right? That's kind of dangerous. And I bet he got up out of that damn car and walked away. No, he couldn't feel his legs, so he didn't walk nowhere. All mm. right? Mm. Well, the car stops and mm. uh, the clown gets out of the passenger side. And out of the driver's side, a guy gets out in a big Bug bunny suit. Giant bunny suit. And this is when uh, Donnie goes over to Gretchen and sees that she's she's dead. And this, he... He didn't seem upset to me. Did he seem upset to you? I mean, it, it felt like an inner anger because he did do this out of vengeance. Like, he, he was pissed off, uh, but he wasn't, like, psychotically crazy about it. Uh, he got up. He had the gun with him, the 1911. Which, where did he keep that gun? Because he's been having uh, the skeleton, I don't know, pajama set. Mm-hmm. Where did he put the gun at? He put it up his butt. Mm. And then also, did you notice hoodie. that the car was not working? You run over a human body and your car stops working? Is, that, is that a thing? Like, what? My, running over that, what would what, what stop the, the car? What the impression that the car wasn't working? I don't know. Some I put a note saying that the car running over a human makes the car stop working. So I think there was smoke or something after he she ran or he ran over her, well, and then there was from oh. the dirt road there. But uh, okay, the clown well, didn't get a chance to dust. get into the car and try it or anything. He just told him to get out of here, and he took off running. Oh well, maybe I seen the dust then, and just assumed <coughs> that the car stopped working. Well, Frank, uh, I mean not Frank, but uh, Donnie ended up shooting him in the eye. Did yeah. you do that? Yeah, Donnie shot him right in the eye. He was accurate, and I think that's from where the BB gun thing comes from. He's practicing a lot with guns, and he shot Frank right in the eye and killed him. And he tells the clown guy to run. Get on out of here. And so he that does. stupid. You're just trying to be a hater because you don't even know why it's so stupid. You're just like, it's stupid. 
No, I just don't like this movie. It was not a good movie. And see, that makes you biased. Yes, you it does. You enjoy the little things just because you don't like the movie. Because I get his vengeance on killing the guy, but also at the same time, like, it wasn't the guy's fault. She was in the middle of the street, so why don't you kill a bully that put her do in the middle think, of the street? Do you think you're thinking like that? And the then, bullies are gone. And then also... Someone needs to pay. Why would he tell the person to run? Does he truly think that the world's going to end? Like, he has no sense of consequences throughout this whole entire movie. He's just like, I'll do whatever and however I want and not think about zero consequences. Is it because he believes that the world is going to end? I don't think he's doing whatever he wants. He fucking killed somebody. He burnt a house down. He broke into the school and busted a water pipe. All of those will have consequences if he is found guilty. But you're saying he does what he wants. He's not doing what he wants. He was told to do these things. And he's deciding to do those things. But just because you decide to do something, I mean, you want to do it. I decide to get up and go to work. I don't want to do that. (laughs) Okay, well then take back the whole he does whatever he wants. He does just what he does. Well, he ends up carrying Gretchen uh, home and uh, walks outside once he gets her home and he sees a portal or a black hole in the sky. Uh, and then he takes someone's car. Gretchen's mom's car. I mean, Gretchen's mom not there. So, I mean, he takes the car. Oh, I he, thought he went to his own house. He travels to a wooded area and repeats the countdown and says he's, he's going home. And then also, Gretchen is dead. And I don't know the time frame on. But she's just sitting in the chair. Sitting upright. Like, she's dead. She's not. She doesn't have the muscles to stay upright. She's going to slump car? over. Yes. She was just sitting up. Like, her head was kind of down, but, like, her whole entire body was still up. I mean, rigor mortis might have set mm. in. She got, got stiff. Um. Okay. Did you see how he was carrying her? Her neck was all the way back. So, her rigor mortis would have had her, like, her shoulder blades pulled back. There was no way she would have been sitting up like that. Listen, I don't know about much about dead bodies, but we end up seeing Rose and Samantha on a plane that begins to uh, crash and the engine falls off and it falls not straight to the ground, but into some kind of portal wormhole, if you will. And it seems uh, the movie starts to rewind from this point. Well, before they, the it does rewind it, we see Donnie in the car with Gretchen. He's just looking at her and smiling. And then it just rewinds through the whole movie. Can I go back to the dark cloud? Does anybody else see this dark cloud? Do you know if anybody uh, else sees I the mean, dark cloud? It doesn't give you proof that anybody does. The police pull up. Nobody's. It doesn't show a lot of people looking up or anything. It doesn't really give you proof that. Which that why happens. did the cops come there? Is because the clown said something? The bullies? Yeah, somebody could have reported. The bullies could have reported. I mean, the, the I think the bullies might have seen her get ran over. I know the clown for sure seen that. He for sure seen a friend seen get killed. Yeah, so cops are looking for him. Uh, but the movie rewinds back to the point where the sister gets home from the party uh, before the engine crash. But this time, Donnie's laying in his bed mm-hmm. when it does crash. This is where I'm like, did he choose to die under the plane engine so Gretchen and Frank could live? I would think so. I think he probably did because, you know, he liked her so much. I don't know if he did it so much for Frank, but he did like her so much and he wanted her to live. And this was probably a canon event, man. This is they had to die if he was going to live. 
Yeah, so he decided to uh, just say screw it. And the engine crashes down the room and we, we see uh, different people in the house waking up, <clears throat> going to check on and see what's going on. And Did you expect the two teachers, the English teacher, Drew Barrymore, and then the science teacher? Did you suspect that they were together? Because they were in the same bed. Well, she stopped. Yeah, they were conversating that, that one thing about Donnie and him talking. So there, I guess. And if he was wanting Donnie not to say nothing about nothing, and but he was telling her, so I imagine he had some kind of trust in her. Hmm. I guess they're together. Ooh, I guess so. I guess I With going good. back in time, though, does that mean that, I mean, Donnie never burnt down Jim Cunningham's house, so he was never found out to have that kitty porn dungeon. Yep, so he's still going to be able to do his thing. So is he, he's kind of picking, I guess... So they were choosing either stay alive and have all these them two die, and then the kitty porn people get thing. But if he chooses to die, then they get to live. But kind of another crappy evil still happening. Well, we see all the people that were affected by that story waking up in the middle of the night. I guess at the point where Donnie dies, do they remember what happened? I don't know. That was literally my question. Why is everybody awake like they feel like something has happened? Yeah, is this like a dream? Uh, everybody coming out of it like it was a dream? Because uh, what you call it's crying. Yep, and then Frank ended uh, up waking up Cunningham. and he's touching his eye. The same eye where he got shot. So I imagine everybody's waking up as if, as if this was a dream. They all had the same dream, I guess? I don't know. This I do not have an explanation for this movie beyond him being... Just a hallucination the whole entire time. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think this was a hallucination because this gives you proof right here that mm. it was actually some kind of parallel universe or a different timeline of what could have happened if he didn't die, if that plane engine did not fall into that wormhole. All these people would have been affected in this way. And now we see everybody like waking up like, whoa, something was supposed to happen, but it didn't. And now... I'm feeling this way. And then we see uh, the next scene is a stretcher being brought out of the Darko house. And Donnie's family is crying as... Uh, mm, take that back. Everybody is crying but the mother. She's just sitting and smoking. And I wonder if this is one of those situations where she's just like, you know, shit happens. Bad things are all going to happen to me. It's her fucking child. Yeah, but I feel like she's been through something. Or maybe she knows something. Or maybe she's seen this coming or something. Mm. Maybe it's less grief off of them because maybe she predicted that Donnie was going to, I don't know, kill other people. She does seem defeated. She doesn't seem like she's not non-caring. Yeah, but I mean, she's not acting like a mother would by having her child die. You would think that'd be hysterics and she's just kind of like, damn. Well, as they're removing the plane engine on a uh, 18-wheeler, we see a girl ride up on the bike and it's uh, Gretchen. And she stops and talks to this other little kid, like, you know, who, who lived here? Who's here? Do you know who lives here? No. And she has this weird eye contact stare down with uh, the mom. Mm -hmm. And she waves. Yeah. The mm -hmm. Gretchen Rose waves, at, waves the, back. at the mom. And yeah, Rose waves back. It was, hmm. it was like they knew each other, but not really. You know, maybe it was some deja vu feeling or something. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, it was some kind of weird stuff. But that's that was the last part of it, and then the credits start to roll, and the words go up for Donnie Darko. And at the end of this, you already know we're going to bring you some special facts about Donnie Darko. Hmm? Hmm. You want to go first? 
Sure, I have plenty of them. Um, it, my first one is early on, Vince Vaughn was offered the role of Donnie, but he turned it down as he felt he was too old for the part. Yeah, I don't... Too old and too goofy. I, Vince I don't Vaughn even know who goofy. Vince Vaughn is. What? If you tell me a character in the movie, then I probably remember. Dodgeball? Go to the couple's retreat? I'm just going to have to Google him. I don't okay. know what face. All right. Yeah, whatever. Well, I got one. Donnie Darko's director's cut. Many fans are familiar with the cult classic version of Donnie Darko, but there is also a director's cut of the film where director Richard Kelly created this version to include additional scenes and explanations that further delve into the complex story. Well, did you read that or watch that to know what it was? No, I get it. I mean, there was a different parallel universe, a, a different timeline that he could have chosen to stay in, but... Since Gretchen died, he didn't want to feel that pain, so he just let mm. himself go back, kill himself. Um, Jason Swarzman, I think I butchered that last name, had to back out for Donnie due to scheduling clashes, and then Jake Gyllenhaal became Donnie. Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. <laughs> oh, Gyllenhaal. <laughs> well, this movie does have a 28 Days Later connection. Alex Garland, the writer of 28 Days Later and director of Ex Machina and Annihilation in 2018, actually appears in Donnie Darko as an assistant to the motivational speaker Jim Cunningham, played by Patrick Swayze. Hmm. Yeah, so it's got a cool connection to 28 Days Later. Okay, Mark Wahlberg was also approached, but he insisted that he should play Donnie with a lisp. So I guess with his mm. insistence, they were like, mm, no. Yeah, we'll go with somebody else. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, Frank the Bunny costume design. The iconic Frank the Bunny costume was designed by the film's director, Richard Kelly himself. The rabbit suit look uh, took over four months to create and featured a terrifying distorted rabbit mask and a tattered bunny suit. Um, the next one is the movie probably wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Drew Barrymore. Mm. Yeah, she ended up having her own production company or something along those lines and... That's went through there, and that's how it went. Interesting, interesting indeed. What about the Donnie Darko book? In addition to the film, Richard Kelly also wrote a book called The Donnie Darko Book. It delves deeper into the film's story, offering additional insight and explanations. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now. Do not give me that book. <laughs> We're going to read that. Read no, that. do not at all. Um, it was Seth Seth Rogen's official first appearance on any movie, and his Ooh. very first line was, "I like your boobs." How about that time travel? Donnie Darko explores a concept of time travel and parallel universes. The film incorporates themes of determinism and the manipulation of time, making it a favorite among fans who enjoy dissecting intricate plot lines. Mm. Must not be me. Um, Jake's sister, Maggie, is Elizabeth. The director, Richard Kelly, was hesitant, um, but after watching the scene of her drinking urine in the movie, Cecil B. Demented, he realized he didn't want, he didn't have to work hard to create a sibling rivalry. Rivalry? Rivalry? Go ahead, say it. Keep on saying it until you get it right. (laughs) How do you say it? Rivalry. Rivalry. Yeah. Still butchered it. Rival. Rival. Re. Re. <laughs> like retarded, like you. <laughs> the original box office failure. Mm. 
Surprisingly, Donnie Darko initially didn't perform well at the box office. It was released just a few weeks after the September 11, 2001 attacks, which affected its marketing and distribution. Mm. However, it gained popularity through DVD sales and subsequent years of cult following. Took 28 days to film. Another connection to 28 days later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the soundtrack, Donnie Darko, features an exceptional soundtrack with a diverse range of songs. Notably, the inclusion of a song, Mad World, by Gary Jules, became a worldwide hit and is often associated with the film. Hmm. Um, the next one I have is Smurf's creator had to give permission for the reference in the film. Ooh. Um, well, this uh, movie won Best Screenplay and was listed in the top 50 movies to see before you die. Listed number 53 in the 500 greatest movies of all time in 2008. I guess I do not have the same mind as everybody else. <laughs> um, my next one is Jake said he didn't actually know what the film was about and unsure how to interpret the ending. Well, go ahead and keep going. I'm out of facts right now. Oh, okay. I got three more. Lay it on us. Um, obtaining the rights to CHUD to be watched in the movie theater was too hard, so Drew Barrymore was able to call Sam Ramy Ram- and use the Evil Dead for free because they were friends. Um, and then Jake used the strategy of rarely blinking to enhance his psychotic creepiness. That was from earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have, I thought he had mental illness just throughout, and I thought he had schizophrenia. Um, so I had a little tidbit on that, but I guess he didn't have schizophrenia. It was just parallel time. So I guess it's kind of no point talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, you were going deep on him having some kind of mental illness. I, saw, I still, to this moment, still think he's got some mental illness. Some, I, I don't know. Maybe if he didn't come off as creepy or had a diagnosis, or not a diagnosis, but like therapy, medicine, and maybe then I would have been like, okay, it's not. Well, I think that's what the movie wanted you to think, that something was wrong with him and it wasn't actually time travel, but then at the end it unlocked it and was like, so it was time travel. Mm. Well, Koala, if Donnie Darko asked you to go with him and told you that the world's going to end in 28 days, (laughs) would you say that Donnie Darko was a good one? No, I struggled real hard to just watch it the second time to do my notes. I kept procrastinating. I'm not a procrastinator. I will probably never rewatch this movie ever again. I didn't get the time traveling. I didn't get the parallel universe. The He was just seemed creepy, awkward situations. It was not my type of movie. It was a bad one. I wouldn't say it was absolutely worse because, I mean, somebody obviously likes it, but bad one for me. For you, it's a bad one. Mm-hmm. Well, I felt like uh, Danny Darko was a weird ride, and I think everyone did a great job acting for sure, uh, from Drew Barrymore to Beth Grant. Uh, it was a very slow build, and it made you ask a lot of questions that ultimately would be answered at the end. Uh, the soundtrack I liked, and uh, the reveal was pretty good, uh, but it didn't catch my interest in a way that I wanted. You know, it didn't. It didn't make me want more. It, it didn't make me want to keep watching. I was just. I was just content with this movie, and I want to be more excited with the movie. Uh, I would say that it's, it's an okay. Okay, okay, okay. And that's gonna be it for We Real Reels, the horror edition. Um, Koala, you got anything else? Mm, no, that is it. I 
did not have any hindsight on this one because I was like, mm. well, that's all right. That's all right. Well, we'll we'll look forward to you guys uh, coming back and listening to us when we do uh, Child's Play for October. So be prepared for that. We'll have the uh, Polar and Grizzly back in the studio with us. And uh, if you guys could rate, like, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast, wherever you're listening to this at, that'd really help us out. And also, uh, if you think we should do a certain movie or something, don't forget to message us. Uh, you can message us on Instagram at WeRealReels or email us at WeRealReels at gmail.com. That's it for us, guys. Uh, koala? Bye. All right, guys. Keep on reeling.